Hi there, I'm super excited you're here today. I wanna to tell you, our guest today, only four years ago in 2015, was essentially broke. He was asking himself what was going wrong with his life. He actually moved back into his parents' house, rejected and hurt and all sorts of things going on. So we're gonna to get to, to that in a moment. First of all, I wanna say, I'm Michael Harris, I'm host of Falling Up Radio. I'm super excited that you're here today. Again, we're gonna be talking all about plants and, and whole food plant-based lifestyle. It's not a diet, it's really a lifestyle. So we're gonna talk a lot about that. And just know that you know maybe you need a notepad because our guests might be able to give you some really great ideas along the way on maybe making some adjustments and changes in your life because like all of our guests, our guest has been there, done that, got the t-shirt, came back and doesn't wanna go back to where he started from. So I'm really excited he's here. Again, Pat McAuley, I hope I pronounced that, that your last name right, Pat. If not, you can uh, correct me. I'm super excited you're here. Come on in, Pat. Yeah, McCauley. McCauley, there we go. <laughs> all good, all good, and I'm super excited to be here. I, I love your show and uh, uh, was checking it out before this, and you've had just amazing guests on, so I'm honored to be on. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really happy you're here. I want to go back to what, what I already mentioned. Four years ago, 2015, something happened, something changed to you that with you that really – made a big shift in your life. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, it was a time where I had just, um, for the two years prior, had started a, um, a dating app business, mm. um, sort of around the time when Tinder and sort of all the big dating apps were coming out, and I was sort of in that uh, realm and you know we i was living in, in boston and we ran out of money eventually and um it was devastating to me and kind of my first big failure and um i moved home um and just was looking to sort of regroup and figure out what was next and well uh, let me ask you pat how hard was it to move back home you know at the time it was hard yeah. Um, just, it's really just an ego thing. You know, I have, I have an amazing, I'm, I'm one of eight kids mm -hmm. uh, that range in age from, you know, 16 to 33. So I have family kind of all over. Um, and I have a family that's very supportive and I'm extremely mm -hmm. grateful for that. So I, I look at it now and I encourage people if they want to uh, start a business as a young person or you know, kind of uh, go after their dreams where they may not make money for the first two, three years uh, pursuing it to, to move home. Uh, if you do have that support system and you do have a, a family that'll welcome you back in. So at the time it was a shot to my ego, but um, now I look at it very much as a blessing and something I should have, I should have been living there in the first place, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and not trying to move out and do everything on my own. Yeah. Now, at the time, if, if, I, if I got all, everything right, you, you were also struggling, even at your age, with arthritis and asthma and a few other things. What was happening there? Yeah, so I had played college football 
um, in football all my life. And arthritis was something um, I blamed on the sport, right? I, you know, I, I figured it was just kind of a ton of mileage and hits and things like that to the body. And I was just sort of always in, in pain. Um, you know, my, my hands, when I would wake up in the morning, you know, it'd be just a, it would take a few hours for my hands to feel normal. It'd be hard to tie my shoes. I had knee pain and ankle pain and uh, all kinds of joint pain. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had asthma since I was a little kid, since I was two, three years old and would have, you know, the nebulizer breathing machine before bed and would bring a inhaler to football practice. And, um, yeah. And then also had allergies. Um, my worst one being to cats, which, uh, my high school girlfriend had a cat, my current girlfriend's family had a cat. Uh, so I was always sort of like in this kind of like miserable states, uh, but at the same time was, um, you know, a very healthy person, you know, remained extremely active, was always sort of the uh, fit guy uh, yeah. that people would ask for advice on things. And at the time I was, you know, doing what I think most people do in terms of diet, which is sort of the uh, high protein um, diet. And for, for me at the time, and for most people, that means a lot of animal products. Yeah. Um, and to the average person, I was eating extremely uh, in quotes, clean and, um, you know, uh, really, really well, you know, eggs and chicken and steak and fish and, uh, that sort of thing. So, so, so what, what happened? I, I understand you went on some kind of like two week experiment. Yeah. Can, can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Definitely. Yeah. So I sort of had like a, a, uh, a little time to kind of step back. I wasn't sort of like hustling to pay uh, rent uh, for for a little while and in, in, in food and things like that. So yeah, I, I I got to a point with like the asthma and the, the joint pain and things like that, where I just figured I had to try something different. Um, you know, this high protein thing I've done all my life, it doesn't seem to be making me feel better. Um, so I had just stumbled upon a guy either on Instagram or Facebook, I forget where it was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this guy in great shape, all kind of cut up and looked good. And, uh, he was big into fruit and green smoothies and, you know, things that I had never really experimented with or even really heard of. Mm. Um, and I decided to try a green smoothie. I decided to just switch my four eggs in the morning out with a green smoothie full of, you know, spinach and banana and blueberries and, some almond milk and, uh, you know, whatever else I had laying around. And it was really like, I look back on it now as like the first meal I ever had that was like hundred percent whole plant foods, you know, raw whole plant foods. And it was like, just, a somebody, you know, I, I, I'm somebody that I think as an athlete and, uh, just always being into fitness, I know how things feel in my body and how they affect things in my body and how it affects performance and things like that. And I had this green smoothie and it was just like this, you know, it was the gateway drug. It just like, I, I just felt so good. Things started working. Like my digestion like changed drastically. Um, you know, like, I, like I, overnight or how quick did it, did it take? Um, within the first few days of doing it, you know, and it, 
just breakfast, you know, three, probably three days of just a big green smoothie for breakfast. And I wasn't, I wasn't reaching for the coffee at two o'clock. I had more energy. I felt, you know, more mentally clear. Um, and that was really the spark. And then from there, I was just like, you know, when I had lunch or dinner, um, and I had my chicken or I had my steak and potatoes or whatever, and I would get that like bloated, groggy feeling coming back. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do a few days of just smoothies and see how this goes. And then I'm going to add some things back in. Um, and if I add something back in that doesn't make me feel good, I'm just going to eliminate it. Um, and if I have something that makes me feel great, um, I'm going to keep it in my diet. And, you know, a month, month, six weeks later, I was, uh, you know, I didn't know the term at the time, uh, but I was, you know, fully plant-based just by trial yeah. and error. Yeah. So you, you didn't even really know that people ate whole food plant-based. You, you'd heard of vegan before. Yeah, but my, my, my like thought of vegan at the time was like somebody that throws like paint on your fur jacket. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that was my view of it. I, I just wasn't educated on it. Yeah. Um, and then the plant-based thing, again, coming from like a, you know, 22 years of being drilled on the fact that you need protein to build muscle and perform well and me being that my, my only concern in life really, um, plant-based, I didn't even think that was possible. Like I thought you would waste away and I thought you'd, you know, be lacking all these things, which, you know, I now know is not true. Did, did you see the game changers when it came out? I still have not seen it, but I've followed the whole, the whole yeah. thing and I'm excited. Um, but I know the conclusion, you eat more plants, you perform better, you feel good. <laughs> so yeah, I want to see it, but I, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, one, one thing that, that I didn't know um, about whole food plant-based was that gladiators were vegan. Yeah. They, 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 you know, primarily plants and vegetables and beans and that kind of stuff, you know, which were really considered to be like the first fighters, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so the, the movie talked a little bit about that and how the gladiators ate vegan. And it just, it, I remember the, one, one of the people in the movie was so shocked about that. How could that be? You know, if they were the strongest people in the world and they were eating vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, a, it just really is a misconception, you know, uh, that's, that's really what it is. Yeah. No, no other way to say it. Yeah. Well, just as a little plug for the movie, it is out now and you can get it online and, um, that was as of October 1st. So it's well worth seeing. Um, you know, and it's got, you know, Rip Esselstyn and Dr. Esselstyn and, you know, a whole bunch of other people, Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron and the whole nine yards and really talking about the performance aspect for athletes by going whole food plant-based. Mm -hmm. So you being an athlete, you discovered that really you stumbled into it on your own. Yeah. And I can tell you, I felt the performance instantly, you know, as somebody that still runs bikes, you know, still lifts weights, does all that. I was blown away within a week by how I felt. Um, you know, there's this little loop um, by my parents' house at the time um, that I have run all my life, you know, about a 5k. 
3.2. Um, and I, you know, have, have run it probably three times a week, you know, since, since college during those years. And I went out that first week and I shattered my personal bass by over a minute. You know, it was just like crazy. Just like I had more oxygen in me. Mm -hmm. Um, I just felt lighter. It was just, everything got better. And even in the weight room, which I, again, did not really believe could happen, but it did. Yeah. Now, how did this new eating change your life and it changed your work too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt so good. And then, you know, really when it really changed my, the course of my life was, um, about six months later when, um, you know, the, the arthritis and the asthma and the the allergies were essentially gone. Mm -hmm. Um, which I, again, was shocked by. And what, what shocked me about the experience was that no one in my life had ever presented me with this information, you know, no doctor, no coach, no parent, no teacher, no nutritionist. And I had access to some very good nutritionists, you know, playing college sports and things like that. Nobody ever approached me and said, Hey, it's fine. If you, you know, want to live with this stuff and take the inhaler and take the pills and the creams and all that, that's fine. But you know, their diet does can impact these things. Maybe it doesn't work for a hundred percent of people, but you know, it is a big piece of the puzzle and nobody even hinted that, you know, the food that I, it's so obvious to me now, uh, but nobody even gave me the slightest clue that the food I'm taking and putting in my body can affect some of those things that I'm dealing with and affect my health so drastically. Well, and, you know, looking back over the years, I think nutritionists have been taught certain things and didn't know themselves. Mm -hmm. huge effect and neither do doctors yeah yeah they're they're learning how to treat as we were talking about before this they learn how to treat disease not uh not cure it or prevent it well even you know 1986 i had bypass surgery in both my legs i was 27 years old they talked about cutting my legs off and i won't get into the whole story right now but it was a surgical intervention right on, on my legs, what they call a fempop. And there was a professor, an assistant professor, professor of vascular surgery at OHSU, Oregon Health Sciences University. Top guys in the world, you know, in the country and, and in the world on, you know, vascular disease. Yet they didn't tell me about plant-based eating. They yeah. did a surgery and a couple months later I, I was reblocked and I wasn't plant-based yet at that time. And I ended up at the Pritikin Center down in Santa Monica, California in 1987. And within two weeks, I went from walking literally 10 feet. There's the cane I used to walk on right there. Wow. Using the cane to be able to walk two miles in two weeks just by the change of the food. And it's like, oh, something is going on here. Totally. Yeah, that's the same. I only know that... uh in there because uh, Dr. Gregor, that's how, how Not to Die, the book opens up with his grandmother. Yeah, yeah because he went because of his grandmother. Yep. When he was 10 years old, his grandmother went to Pritikin. Now, I looked at that picture of his grandmother and going, she looks really familiar, even though it wasn't taken in the 80s. 
Like, I'm wondering even if I went to Pritikin with her. Mm, yeah. But I don't know. I, I have to find out what exactly when she went. But Yeah, well, it's amazing. That's, that's an incredible story. Yeah. And, and a beautiful story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm lucky to be alive. So tell me more. What are you doing? I mean, like I said, a lot of your life has changed. You've gotten really into different aspects of uh, business surrounding plant-based eating. And you have something called Eat Green, Make Green, which I love that idea, Eat Green, Make Green. Uh, so tell the listeners a little bit about how that transpired and what you're doing now. Yeah, so again, because the experience shocked me so much afterwards, I just sort of spent another few months just really researching. I wanted kind of the answers as to, you know, why that happened to me, why people didn't know about it. Um, and I started, you know, diving into nutritional science and finding people like Dr. Greger that we just mentioned and nutritionfacts.org and finding all these incredible resources um, and learning how to read nutrition studies and kind of making conclusions for myself and things like that. And I was, again, just more and more shocked by it all. And mm -hmm. I felt really inclined to uh, do something about it and share my story and what I had learned. And um, so I, I wrote a book called Eat Green, Make Green. And the, the sort of um, title there and sort of my brand and website now, Eat Green, Make Green, stemmed from you know, if you want to be the best version of yourself, um, I was at the time, and I still do somewhat, I, I was trying to appeal to sort of the young entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to be the best, you know, at your job and as an entrepreneur, um, you know, you should be eating this way or you should be taking more care of yourself and trying to, the scene I was kind of in uh, back then was the grind, grind, grind entrepreneurial, don't sleep, coffee, you know, Red Bulls, um, all that sort of crap that is sort of the startup scene. And I was trying to sort of flip that on its head and say, no, you know, sleep your eight hours, eat your green smoothie, you know, get out for your jog or your walk and take care of yourself. And you're going to accomplish three times as much in half the time mm -hmm. um, because you're dialed in and you're focused on all these things. So that was the initial idea for it is, you know, hey, let's, let's all treat ourselves right in eat as much plants as we can to perform best. And it has since sort of um, transformed in, in make green, um, not necessarily means, you know, make your career better and make money, but to be the best version of yourself, whether that's, you know, a, a mom sort of make green might be, you know, just being uh, present for our kids and uh, being healthy for our kids and, you know, being the best mom and friend and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I wrote a book, I started a podcast and um, similar to you just wanted to share other people's stories who had changed their life with diet changes and primarily plant-based. Um, and then also I have a lot of entrepreneurs on um, that are in sort of the wellness space or um, across the board uh, but yeah, the idea being just to educate people and share stories and kind of create a, a community around um, the fact that uh, lifestyle changes, you know, are, are really, really powerful. Yeah. Now, 1.2, um, weren't you doing some consulting with startups and such? Yeah. So after the, I ended up, space? Uh, yeah. yeah, so I ended up selling my dating app and um, after that, 
yeah, I wanted to work with other, um, you know, young entrepreneurs in Boston um, in the plant-based space. Um, and after the dating app, I had started a, a craft brewery. This was all around the time I was experimenting uh, with my diet and getting into all this. And um, yeah, so I had sort of experience in the tech side of things and also in food and beverage. And um, that sort of paired well with my new love for plant-based. And um, yeah, I started uh, helping some brands and still do in the Boston area from uh, food brands to uh, meal delivery to uh, plant-based beverage companies and, and things like that. Yeah. And at your, your craft brewery, um, did you have food there? Was it all plant-based? No. So I was doing the brewery. I was sort of right place, right time on that. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really know what was next for me career-wise. Um, and I have a family friend who was actually the original uh, brewer for Harpoon Brewery in Boston mm -hmm. back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and he had just been, he had since got into alternative fuels um, and was working for BP. And he, um, his portion of BP, um, everybody got laid off and he had a severance package and uh, he was looking to get back into the beer world. And I ran into him kind of at the right time. And, you know, I knew how to do all of the marketing tech sort of side of things and he knew how to brew beer. So it was kind of a good little uh, combo. And um, yeah, we, we started a small craft brewery and that's in uh, going on its fourth year now, uh, South yeah. of Boston. Yeah, oh, that's great. Now, I understand, too, you're, you're working on a new restaurant. Yep. Or food cart or food truck, or I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like. What's that about? Is that all plant-based? Yeah, so to answer your, I didn't answer your question previously, but we didn't serve plant-based because uh, my other partners were very much not uh, into that or plant-based, and I had very little say, and um, I just wasn't... Um, the more and more I learned, I wasn't really fired up about, you know, slinging uh, beer and fried chicken and things like that to people all day. Um, I really wanted to go out and uh, build a business in the plant-based world. And what I loved about the craft brewery scene was the community it creates. And on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, these sort of like different array of people that a brewery brings. It's here. It's sort of like the young, hip, trendy person that wants to try like the latest double IPA mm -hmm. in like a cool setting. Um, and then you also have sort of like families and kids and dogs. And so it's just this really cool mesh of a community. So I said, you know what, it'd be really cool to bring the same community that a craft brewery uh, brings, um, but all around sustainable plant-based food that yeah. um, is better for you and better for the planet, but approachable. So if you are the guy that wants to come in and have a beer and a Buffalo pizza or a beer and an impossible burger, like that's encouraged. We have that here for you. And there's, there's no judgment. You're not going to feel like you're walking into a health food store or anything like that. Yeah. But if you're going to have it, it might as well be, you know, a little better for you and a little better for the world. Um, and then if you also want with your beer or your kombucha or your non-alcoholic IPA, if you want a, you know, a green and grain bowl or like a really health forward dish that, that we have that too. And I just wanted it to be 
um, acceptable for everybody, no matter where they kind of stand on the health spectrum to be able to go to one place and have something they can order. Um, and what I've found in this area too, for people that, you know, friends and family that I, I would love for them to eat more plant-based and, you know, make some changes in their life. Um, the social aspect is a really big aspect of it. And, um, you know, people don't want to sacrifice their, their night out with their spouse. They don't want to be the pain in the ass at the restaurant asking for, you know, the salad without cheese. They don't want to be a nuisance. And, um, so that's very much missing here. There's no place, um, in Boston and beyond on the East coast, really that you can have like a hip modern social experience that is just the new, uh, trendy restaurant, but it happens to be all plant-based. So yeah. that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You yep. need to come out to, to Bend because we've yeah. had at least a half a dozen places like that pop up in the last 18 months. Yeah. In Portland, yeah. like I haven't been, but I see it like you guys are a leader in sort yeah. of that, the, yeah. the, the beer and the plant-based. I mean, that's, that's the one place I've really seen it. One or two spots in LA uh, in one in Austin that I've been to, but um, yeah. I hear Portland's big on yeah. that. Well, I mean, it's interesting. There's a big barbecue place here too, mm-hmm. right? You know, all the ribs and all the chicken and all that kind of stuff. And um, I went there with some friends this summer. Maybe it was it was in July now that I think about it. I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to eat there? And I go there and there's a vegan burger <laughs> on, on the menu. Yeah. And I, I asked the, the food server, I said, how'd you get this on there? She says, our manager is vegan. Crazy. And this is, you know, Buster's barbecue, you know. Yeah. Crazy. And so, so he put several items on, on the menu there that were vegan. And they, they were handmade there. They were pure vegan, no oil, you know, none of that stuff. And they were really super great at the awesome. barbecue place. Yeah. Times are changing. Yeah, yeah, really fast. So um, what do you think that, I mean, it's been four years, really, since this shift has happened. Where are you, where are you going now with it? I know you've done the consulting, you're working on the restaurant, but where are you really going, like, say, personally with, with it, and where do you want to take it? Do you know at this point? Yeah, I mean – where I want to take the, the restaurant is really where I want to, I want to do two things with sort of the rewild brand in the next, however many years. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to do not just one restaurant in Boston. Um, I want to do, you know, I want to be the social plant-based, um, dining brand, if you will. And if I can do 50 of them, I'd love to do 50 of them. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to, you know, make it accessible and approachable to everybody. Yeah. Um, and obviously to make it accessible, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to make a huge impact just doing, you know, one in the Boston area, you know, hopefully we can do two or three in Boston and then, you know, go to Portland, Maine and um, go to Brooklyn, New York, and and then, you know, move out West from there. Um, and then also uh, I've been working on uh, that hopefully sort of launches at the same time as um, the restaurant opens is a non-alcoholic craft beer. Mm. And again, just another thing I'm trying to sort of break the barrier down on yeah. um, and just encouraging people 
um, you know, sort of to get rid of the stigma around craft beer. And there's, there, there's a few um, around drinking non-alcoholic uh, products and uh, to just make it more ex acceptable for somebody on a Wednesday night when they're out at a networking work event or whatever to, you know, reach for their rewild brewing double IPA that happens to be non-alcoholic, but just as mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, so that's another avenue I want to get into and, and very much compliments the restaurant as well. Yeah. That, 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 that's a great road to go down. You know, I, I don't drink and I haven't drank for a number of years. And, um, you know, my favorite drink right now is probably water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, a good, that's a good drink. Yeah. And, you know, occasionally it'll be something else, but water, um, Persimmon tea, for some reason, has been a big thing with me lately. I don't. I just came across it a few months ago, and was just like, "Wow, I like this." Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, persimmon IPA brew, non-alcoholic, <laughs> something. Well, I don't we'll know. See if we can, we can cue something like that up. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned your girlfriend. Is she all plant-based too? She is. Yeah, we sort of uh, have together gone through. Uh, the process of it all you know mm -hmm. um, we sort of naturally she was definitely more inclined to head that way well before I was and mm -hmm. um, also an athlete and you know started to sort of make some changes and I was probably the one when she started to go vegetarian-ish that I was probably the one that was like what are you doing you need your protein you know and I, I laugh we laugh at that now but um, yeah, we are uh, both, you know, very much aligned on that, which, which, you know, makes it, makes it nice and easy. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Now I know recently you, you were in the Alps. Mm -hmm. uh, how was it traveling and being able to get the food you wanted? Yeah. I mean, that's another big question for a lot of people. For me, it's just like, how much do you care? Yeah. Um, you know, you can get it anywhere, you know, um, for us, like we're in the Alps, there's, there's very little restaurants you're going to be able to, you know, get something at unless you're like getting like pizza without cheese or something. Yeah. But you know, when we travel anyway, we, we tend to do it pretty efficiently and cheaply. And, um, you know, we stop at the local grocery store and we get rice and beans and avocado and hummus and, you know, fruit and bananas and peanut butter and oats and things like that. And, you know, you get by, we don't probably eat as well as we would at home, but, mm -hmm. you know, pretty damn close. And, you know, you can get rice and beans just about anywhere in the world. And mm -hmm. that's kind of my go-to when I'm traveling. Do you have a favorite um, dinner or favorite food that you like right now? Uh, I've been big into burritos. Have you? Just making my own burrito, you know, again, it just simple, like pick up rice, beans, some, make some guac, you know, I like a little hummus in my uh, burritos, uh, maybe some marinated tofu or something like that, um, yeah. and wrap it up, a little salsa on it, and I, I'm big into sort of the quick, quick food, uh, just kind of, most of my meals end up in a bowl, you know, greens, grain, veg, good sauce on it and I'm good to go. I'm not really like a big cook, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I make a lot of my own stuff and I think lately gar, what I call gar, garbanzo bean salad 
Yeah. Um, for like sandwiches or, or burrito type things. Mm -hmm. It's really super great. And then the other thing that, that I like to do is um, last night I, I made up some, some dessert and it was this, essentially it was tofu, raspberries, some maple syrup and some lemon juice. And then I did the same thing with, with chocolate. I, I, I made tofu, cocoa, um, a little bit of maple syrup. I didn't put any, any lemon in it, a little bit of vanilla. And I mixed them up separately in the food processor. And then I put them together and put nuts and bananas and stuff on it. And it's like my favorite dessert right now. And it takes like 10 minutes to make. Yeah, my, I, got a, I got a quicker one for you. I just do dates with peanut butter or almond butter on it. That's, That's good too, yeah. That is like, I can't get enough of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's a, so people don't think that there's a lot of food that you can eat, that it's too difficult, that it's too expensive. For me, I found that it's much less expensive to eat this way. And there's so many different foods because when you have meat, essentially you're going to eat a cow, a pig, or a chicken. Yep. In some... Or their, or their secretions, right? Right, right. You know, you may get some venison or, or something else like that from time to time or, or maybe something else, but it's primarily those three meats, right? Yep. But with the vegetables, there's this, and fruits and everything else, there's huge abundance of it. Yeah, I say that all the time, you know, for the first 25 years of my life, I lived in this tiny little food window um, of, of mostly meat and dairy. And it's just, once you open yourself up to all of the amazing plant type foods that change seasonally, and I mean, it's just like thousands and thousands instead of like the same, like, you know, chicken breasts and broccoli every night. You know, I remember having that like a thousand times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta open your eyes to it. Yeah. The, the other thing that, that I like to do and I, I'm in the woods a lot and I like mushrooms. So, um, just picked, I mean, there was, we left more mushrooms on the ground than, than what we could have picked, but probably got 50 pounds of chanterelles and then I take it home and I, I cook it up and then I put it in freezer bags. I got a half a dozen freezer bags full of chanterelles that I'll, I'll use over the winter. And Amazing. you can mix that up in burritos. You can, you know, do some pasta things, some rice bowl. There's so many different things that you can do. Yeah, mushrooms are a powerhouse too in terms oh. of uh, superfood. Uh, oh, yeah. They're a powerhouse, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, they, go ahead. Yeah, and they give you that like meaty texture too if you cook it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. Um, so we're, we're, we're already getting close to the end of our time, but we still got a little bit of time left. Do you have like maybe three or four, a couple of ideas for somebody that's maybe thinking about doing this and maybe a way to get started or, or maybe something that you found that, uh, really helped you get going? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say first, you know, find some people, to follow and some resources that, uh, you know, for me, it was important to know the information. You know, I always encourage like people don't take my word for it, you know, go to, go to the science, do your research and, you know, convince yourself of it so that you know 
not only is it possible that you're, 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 you're likely going to be better off this way. So I always, I always encourage people to go to something like nutritionfacts.org or, you know, follow Dean Ornish or, you know, some of the doctors that really are sound on nutritional science. Um, so that's number one, then follow some people. Like if you're a guy that doesn't believe you can have muscle on a, you know, plant-based diet, you know, go follow somebody like Nimai Delgado or, uh, some of the bodybuilding, uh, guys or the world's strongest man guys, or, you know, even Tom Brady or whoever you want to, you know, that you need to sort of dispel those myths and see what they do. Um, I encourage people to find, find resources, number one, and find the people to follow. Number two, um, I'd say to remove the words, protein, carbs, fat, sugar, sort of the, the macro nutrient words, just remove them from your vocabulary. Um, because it, it misleads most of us and it misled me my whole life. And, uh, the word protein, you know, deceived me into eating foods that were not promoting my health. And, uh, the word sugar, you know, I had me shying away from fruit, which I believe is the healthiest food on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so those words are just misleading. You don't need to focus on protein or carbs or fat or sugar, you know, eat whole plant foods till you're full. Um, and, and just don't think about it in, um, you're not going to have any deficiencies. You know, you're, you're, you're probably deficient on what you're eating right now, um, yeah. versus a whole food plant-based diet. Um, yeah. And then, uh, that's probably top two. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I should have done, uh, some more, some more, thought on this. um, those are, well, I, I like what you did when, when you started out, when you, you started doing the, the green smoothies and you were just kind of testing it for yourself and, and yeah. drinking a lot of that. And then realizing as you started doing those runs in that first week or two, how things shifted for you that fast. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, yeah. And maybe that's, that's another good one is to pick one meal, probably breakfast. If you are somebody that eats breakfast, you know, switch out your, your breakfast for some oats with, you know, banana and peanut butter on it, or, um, or a green smoothie or a fruit smoothie or whatever you want to do. That is just whole plant foods. Give it a shot. Just go one meal, do that for, you know, two weeks, make it a new habit and then tackle lunch, um, and kind of go one step at a time. Um, but if you're kind of the type of person that is, um, an all or nothing type person, dive right in. Um, and then on that front, I would say maybe as the last one to, uh, just be kind with yourself. You know, I see so many people that they're trying to make a positive change and it could be anything, not just plant-based. It could be going to the gym. It could be whatever it is. Um, and they get a week in and, you know, they're trying to go plant-based and they have a little, uh, you know, they have a little cheese on some pizza or something on day eight and they throw their hands up and they quit and it's all over because they, you know, stepped off, off, off track for a second. And, um, just kind of getting out of that mentality of, 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 uh, you know, failing and things like that. And just being easy with your kind, kind to yourself and, you know, just, go to the next meal, you know, it's, it's no big deal or just, you know, you didn't lose it. It's, it's not about being perfect or going vegan. Even it's just about eating more plant foods. And we know that's better for our health and 
just doing the best you can with it. Yeah. Well, and the, the, the great thing, I don't know if the great thing, I'll call it the great thing. One of the things that, that I think is happening right now, you know, especially the, the last few years, there's such a huge um, growth and outpouring of really the science behind whole food plant-based eating. Mm-hmm. And all the scientists are starting to say, hey, look at this. And science oftentimes is way ahead of medicine. Yes. You know, medicine's over here and science is over here, and they don't always mesh. And so the, the science has really come out about what happens when we eat this way and what happens when we eat that way and everything else. And, you know, there's a lot with the, the food industry and you know, when, when I was growing up and like in the 60s and 70s going through school, there's big posters of drink milk and all this kind of stuff, which is really marketing. Mm-hmm. It's not science, it's marketing. Mm-hmm. But the idea to drink the milk of a lactating animal, you know, just seems kind of weird when you think about it. You know, yes. human, women don't share their breast milk with pigs or cows. But for yeah. some reason, we drink the breast milk of cows. Yeah. It's and a, it's, it's not for our body. Yeah. And that's, a, that's another good thing I'll throw into my, my recommendations here is to just, yeah, think logically about what you're eating. You know, to me now, eating the egg that came out of a, you know, chicken's behind is just weird and not something I would look at as food. And it's the same with a cow or a pig, you know, why is my natural instinct when I see a cow in a field to go pet them and feed them some grass? There's no ounce of me that wants to cut them open and eat his flesh. I mean, it's just like, that's how I think about food now. And to me, you know, pulling a potato uh, from the ground or picking fruit from a tree, that makes sense to me. Um, But, you know, yeah, drinking the milk of another species just does not. So another way to just sort of look at food critically and understand that, Hey, maybe we were, maybe we were doing something the wrong way for a long time. And so as we do come down towards the end now, can you mention a little bit about your book and what's in your book, eat green, make green? Yeah. So it's really just my story. Some of it I I covered here. um, And then um, yeah, what I've learned on, on the science side of things. And, uh, so there's a little science, it's mostly kind of storytelling and, uh, sort of all the things that improved in my life when I went plant-based and all the things I discovered. Um, and then there's a little challenge at the end too, um, that, uh, if you're looking to head that way, you can give it a shot. It's like a fun sort of eliminate one thing each week, uh, sort of, uh, plan and, um, yeah, it's really just my story and, um, sharing it in kind of a honest, vulnerable fashion. Sure. Um, yeah. And it's eat green, make green. And that's also your website, right? Eat green, make green.com. Yep. Eat green, make green.com. And then eat green, make green on social media, just about everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, that's the way to do it is through that eat green, make green. Yeah, or uh, or if they're on Instagram, that's probably the best place uh, to shoot me a message there, just because I'm on it mostly. Yeah, um, okay. and I like to I like to message people directly um, and yeah. chat with people, and 
yeah. help people out. And that's kind of why I do all the things I do. So I encourage people if they want to shoot me a message. Yeah. And just if, if you're out there and you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or what, one of the other platforms, you can always go to the website, fallingupradio.com and look, look for Pat's page. And we'll have all the links at the bottom of the page too. So those will always be there that you can go. And if you are listening to audio, again, you can see the, the video version of this uh, at the website too, as well as on, on the YouTube channel, Falling Up Radio. It's all there as well. So we've covered a lot today. I, I really like your story that it was, it was so really organic, uh, no <laughs> pun intended, um, organically that just kind of happened and you stumbled into it and you were at this place where you were asking what was going wrong and, and you made this little simple discovery, but it triggered and opened up a whole new world for you. And I love stories like that. And I, I love it that, that you recognize that for yourself, what was working and what was no longer working, were able to, to, to put it behind you and to really move forward into this new world. And now, just four years later, working on opening up Rewild, this whole new restaurant that's just, you know, gonna change things. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm super yeah. excited. Yeah, so, so huge kudos. Um, so let, let's wrap it up. And I, I wanna re remind again that the listeners, if you're listening to this, please share with your friends, you know, uh, forward the, the podcast from Apple or the website or YouTube, whatever it is, share it with your friends. And if, if you feel really inspired to, to get a hold of Pat, get a hold of Pat directly at eatgreenmakegreen.com, um, the website, Instagram, Facebook, wherever it might be. He's on, on all the platforms too. And, you know, maybe something you heard today you know, just really triggered a desire within you to do something too. So huge kudos again to you, Pat. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Right back at you. Thanks for all you do. And I, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. yeah. And hold on. And um, again, everybody share this episode and talk to you soon.